0: Lord, bless us all. So let me pray over us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, and thank you for your word. God, would you speak to us? Lord, would you open our eyes to what you're speaking to us directly? Lord, I know that I'm going to be sharing words, but Lord, beyond that, would you use those words to speak to students in ways that I could never? And so we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open to the book of first john now there's a john in the bible that's a part of the gospels but this is first john which is towards the end of your bible and is written actually by the same guy who was a disciple of jesus i want to introduce a new series this morning and it's a series that we're going to take about 11 weeks to go through through about the thanksgiving christmas season and so this is a commitment that we're making for a little bit and taking some time, really concentrated to look at. And what it is, is we're going to specifically look at this idea of Jesus in the flesh. And when I, when I speak that word, Jesus in the flesh, it could, it could be misunderstood in a lot of different ways, or you can understand it in a lot of different ways, What scholars would call that, Jesus being in the flesh, is they call it being incarnate. You don't need to know that. That's a big word. But what that essentially means is this reality that Jesus, who is the Son of God, he took on flesh and he became human for us. And so what I'm going to use is this term in the flesh as we refer to this sermon series. And so... The other side of it is maybe you've heard that term flesh before in church. And oftentimes, and you read in the Bible as well, it can also describe it in a different way. So I don't want to get you confused with that. But the flesh referring to your sinful nature. Like there's this, there's this sinful nature inside of you that causes you to want to sin or to dive into evil. And so it's this idea of, for example, like if you let a kid with no boundaries... He was raised with no parents. He's not going to turn into an absolutely perfectly disciplined, self-controlled kid. But for the most part, you're going to see a bend towards a sinful nature. So when I talk about flesh, I'm not talking specifically about that kind of flesh of the sinful nature. What we're going to talk about is flesh in the idea of humanity. Because what the Word says and what the Bible speaks on is that There is something unique about every person in this room that unites us. And what it says is that we were made in God's image, is what it says. In the first chapter of Genesis, when God is creating the earth, when he created human beings, everybody say human. We are human beings in this room. No dogs, you know. We are human beings, which means that carries a mantle of our creation and understanding of how God sees us that we were people that were specifically made in God's image that is different from the other kind of animals and species of the world around us. And I want to look at one scripture in particular that talks about it this morning. And it's in 1 John, it's in chapter 4, verse 17. And if you're there, this is what it says. John is writing this. He says, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. That's the NIV version. Another version of it, which is the NLT, it says, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. When you're in the Lord and you're living in the Lord, that your love grows more perfect with each day. And it says, So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment when Jesus comes back and makes everything new. But it says we can face him with confidence because we live like, everybody say it, Jesus here in this world. And so it's speaking about this love within us that gives us the confidence to stand before God someday and say, Lord, like receive us. And one of the things that it says is you will have confidence on that day of judgment in this very profound truth. In this world, you are like Jesus, which is an interesting thing to say. How many of you, can I actually just, how many of you have ever heard that you're like Jesus in this room? Or that you're supposed to be like Jesus? Go ahead and just raise your hand. Don't be afraid. No one's, ain't no right or wrong answers in here. All right? It's something that is a term that can be thrown around. Maybe you've never heard that before. But this idea of being like Jesus, it speaks to a defining trait of who you are in your walk and in your faith in god you're like him when you come to know him as lord and savior because it says that god is with you but you become more like him and you grow closer to him as you follow god that there's something about you that when you're truly growing closer to jesus you begin to look more like him in fact that term christian can everybody say christian 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 is a term, did you know that that term Christian wasn't invented by Christians? That that was a term that was invented by the Roman government, who opposed them because, and what it literally means is little Christians. Here are these people that are acting and look exactly like their leader. They look like Christ. It was meant to be an insult, actually, but in the end, it actually describes it perfectly. That when you call yourself a true Christian, that you're someone that looks like Christ in that way. And it works as a vital part of our own faith, and it's a defining thing that guides us in our faith. I remember one time, during a halftime, years past, there was someone who came, and it was her first time, and I thought it was interesting that she said this, because I think it describes how we can think about Christianity sometimes. She said, we were like, well, what are you doing here? And she goes, well, I want to grow closer to God. And we were like, great, you're not here for the snacks, good. You know, like... Awesome. And then we begin to talk about being like Christ, and she goes, Well, I don't want to do that. And it's it's interesting because it's like, ha, you said that, but then you say that too. And what that is is the term of growing closer to God and being like Jesus, they're not like exclusive things. They're actually correlated. They match each other that when you grow closer to god that you're growing closer to christ In fact, I think one of the best questions to ask yourself Is it when it comes to your faith and how are you doing in your faith? That should be a question we get to ask ourselves every day And oftentimes when I ask students, how are you doing in your walk? The first thing they they begin to talk about is well. I've been going to church this many times I've been reading my bible this many times And those are things that are a means to something greater to looking like jesus and so what if you asked yourself, am I looking like Christ in my life? Am I looking like Christ in the way that I'm talking to my parents? Do I look like Christ in the way that I treat my friends around me? What if those were the questions that you asked? And just to, just to be clear, when I talk about looking like Christ, what I don't mean is like, look like Christ, because Natalie, can you put that picture up? Some people have a misunderstanding of what looking like Christ actually looks like. Can you There you go. And now, when it comes to looking like Christ in our own world, first of all, I think one of the funniest things is the segue or the the hoverboard because it's like, here's Jesus, but now he's relevant because he has a hoverboard. And so now he's going to relate to this world. And sometimes we think that being like Jesus is just relating to the world around us. You know, there are a lot of people that think if they're just cool or they're, they're hip, you know, that, oh, yeah, then people are going to really see Christ in me, which I gave up a long time ago. Because it's like, hey, what's up, bro? And they're like, get out of my face, you know. <laughs> but it's not necessarily that you're weird. It's not that you, it's like, ooh, that's weird. Because I think sometimes when you think about looking like Christ, that it's like this. Weird freaky thing in the middle of the street, but let me let me ask you something What if it wasn't just about the way that you looked but what about what if it was about the way that you interacted with people? You act as christ's Representative, you know the bible says that you're an ambassador of christ And if you don't know what an ambassador is those are people that represent nations in different nations And so they go, and they're in this foreign land, but they speak on behalf of that nation. Did you know that Christ looks at you in this world and says, it's like you're speaking on behalf of me in that way. And I know, here, let me ask you this question. Because one thing that I like to ask myself is this. If God were a 28-year-old pastor in Beaverton, Oregon, what would he look like? He'd look like me. And what would Jesus do in my shoes? So let me ask you this question. What would, if Jesus was a middle schooler at your school with your friends, what would he look like? That's the position that God has placed you in in your life. That's a great question to ask yourself because, believe it or not, God is placing you in such a way to show Christ in a way that no other person can. Did you know that? Can I get an amen? Amen. Being like Jesus is not just about necessarily doing things. It's not just about reaching a certain level of achievement. But being like Jesus is more recognizing who you are. Because here's the thing. It, being like Jesus isn't necessarily just looking the part. But it's recognizing that Christ lives within you. Do you think, well, i got to be like Jesus, so I need to do all of the right things, Jesus was perfect, and so do I need to be. But what if being like Jesus was bigger than just doing all the right things around you and looking polished on the front, and it was more going, you know what? The Word says that when I invite Jesus into my life, that He dwells within me, and that God, God literally lives and is a part of who I am. And because of that, people see that in me, whether I want to acknowledge that or not. People are striving to acknowledge that. And did you know that when people look at you and they find out you're a Christian, that they're immediately going to look at you and see where Christ is within you? Did you know that's how the world looks at us? That when you say that you're a little Christ, that means that you represent that in a different way. Now, that's not something to scare us, but that's something to respect in our own lives. We are people that are made in god's image but we're also equipped with the power of the holy spirit you can go to church here's the thing as well guys when i say that it's about jesus right within you this is what it means did you know that you can go to church and not be like jesus did you know that you can memorize the scriptures did you know that you can look the part check off the boxes but miss the whole point Of what it actually means to be a Christian in fact I would say this to go to church to memorize the scriptures to look good on the outside But to miss being like jesus is to be a pharisee That's what it says in the bible And in fact jesus would critique and criticize the pharisees the religious leaders of the day because they assume we are something And we represent god and jesus says you do not you represent yourself and your own pride in your ability to look spiritual. We're not prideful in our own spiritual abilities, but we're representing a true God that loves us in the world around us, amen? To be like Jesus is bigger than just looking good. To be like Jesus, it's to be present in the world and loving the world the same way Jesus did, with the same power that Jesus did as well. And I think that if you're going to look at Jesus in the flesh, that means you have to look at how Jesus was. And this is how I would describe it. Did you know that there was once a day in this world that we live in, and it still exists today to people, where people understood God as this far off deity, this concept? Did you know that nine out of ten people in America still believe that there's a God out there? Whether or not they acknowledge what specifically it is, that's a lot okay, for as much as we critique America and say, oh, God isn't here, people are seeking, but people are misunderstood. So it's like this. You know a God exists out there. You look at the world around you. You see how things are orchestrated. You look at creation and you go, this didn't just happen by accident. There is a God out there. But did you know that sometimes understanding an all-powerful God with no context can be a little difficult, amen? can barely understand yourselves amen and so sometimes when you look out there and you try to understand what god is like and how to relate to a god like that it can be very difficult and oftentimes i would even say that sometimes in that kind of unknown it can be easy to just go well i'm going to relate to god the way i want to or i'm just going to assume god's kind of like me and well then i'm doing the right thing because god's like me and it can be easy to do that When you don't understand God. Because you can just assume he's like you. But that's not really relating to God. That's just assuming he's one way. And here is God in heaven. Watching people go their own way. In their sin. In their rebellion. Turning away from God. And serving their own God. And their own idea of God. And instead of bringing judgment on us. What does he do? He does the most profound truth imaginable The Son of God in heaven took on flesh and became a human being and came down to earth. He came down to die for our sins, but he also came so that we could relate to him. Because who are we? We are human. We are human beings. So what better way to relate to human beings than being a human? Absolutely. So here comes Jesus in the flesh Walking around, talking, relating, doing everything that we do, but he's fully God. And now this far-off God that we couldn't understand is now someone that you can relate to as if you were looking them in the face. That's the beauty of what God did. God was in heaven. Did you even know that the name Jesus itself, everybody say Jesus? You know that name Jesus was given by an angel when he came on earth because the real name of jesus is the son of god since the beginning of time he was always referred to as the son of god but he took on a human name too so that we could relate to him in fact it's fascinating because he's the son of god but when you read through the bible he refers to himself as the son of man he doesn't do that because he's not saying i'm not the son of god that's not what he's saying he's saying i am the son of god But I'm also the son of a human being, and I can relate to you guys too. I am God, but I'm also your brother. I'm also someone that can relate to you. Jesus wasn't invented. The Son of God wasn't invented at birth. It says that the Son of God existed at the beginning of the world. And at that moment in time, it said, you know what, I'm going to step down, and I'm going to enter into your guys' world so that you know who I am, and you know the way to be saved. And you know how to live an eternal life now. How many of you would say that's a loving God? How many of you would say that's a loving God? (laughs) Jesus didn't just come to die for our sins, but to help us understand what God is like. There's a part in the Bible in Hebrews 4.16, it says that, that God became and can understand us and what we're going through because he became human. But did you know that in that same way that God can relate to you, but you can relate to God now? Did you know that God wants a relationship with you and he wants to build that with you? And now that he took on flesh, he showed you how to do that. You know, I have um, some friends who are non-believers for various reasons, but one of the things that I have found just true amongst them as well is that sometimes it's easier to not believe in God than to believe in him and this is why sometimes it's easier to not believe in God because here's the thing you have a God if you believe that God is real and you believe that God took on flesh that God has a personality that God says there are things that are right that I want you to do and there are things that are wrong there's a way I want you to walk there's a grace I want to put on you I don't want you to partake in those things. That means you actually have to relate to him. And so one of the fears that I've seen in some of my friends who don't believe in God is this. If they don't believe in God or they don't believe that he came down in flesh, then they can keep living the life that they live and not feel accountable to it. But if they acknowledge that Jesus is real, that means everything about Jesus is real. Amen. That means everything that he said, everything that he calls us to is real too. And sometimes it's easier to live and go, well, I don't really know. Because then you can just live the way you want. But the truth is that, and the beauty and the the positive of it is that we have a God who loves us enough to want to relate to us. He stepped down from heaven to earth. That was his mission trip to us. And you know What? In the same way that Jesus took on humanity to save us, we in this room, I want you guys to hear this. Please listen. You are called in the same way to this world to be present in it, to take on flesh in the same way to lead people to Jesus. Being like Jesus is this. It's putting on flesh. Like Jesus going into the world from heaven... We're called and made you are made to do that as well you're made to go out into the world did you know that you're made to go out and love people love the most unlovable people did you know that you're made to go and lay down your life for the people of this world that seem like they least deserve it did you know that you're made to go and lead people to salvation the way that Jesus did this is something I want you guys to understand because there are a lot of people in this world, and the leaders can attest to this, there are a lot of people in this world that go to church their whole life. They come and they receive and they receive and they receive and they say, what do you have to say for me this week? That's called a consumer-based or attractional-based church. They do that their whole lives, but they miss out on the fact that Jesus didn't just want them to receive, but he wants them to go out and give to the world as well. Don't miss that. Putting on flesh, being like Christ, is it's the absolute DNA of being a Christian. God has made us to go out in the world and be like Christ on his behalf. And in John 17, 18, it says that Jesus would be talking to his disciples right before he went to the cross, and he says, as you sent me into the world, this is him praying, and he says, he's talking about the Father. He says, as you, Father, sent me into the world in that exact same way, I have sent them into the world. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Because Jesus' prayer for you is that in the same way that the Father sent the Son from heaven to earth to die for the sins of people so that they could come to know him, Jesus says, in the same way, you are made to go out into this world and lay down your life for the same reasons for the people around you. You were made that way. And what's funny about this is because you might be sitting here and going, uh, Pastor Jeff, uh, you don't know, how, I don't know anything about the Bible. How can I go out into the world? Or uh, Pastor Jeff, you don't know what I struggle with. You don't know what I'm addicted to. Uh, Pastor Jeff, I really struggle with rage. I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't rage in the world, and so I can't do that. But let me tell you something. When Jesus prayed that scripture, you want to know what those apostles did immediately after that? They all deserted him. They like were like, "Let's do it." And just fell flat on their face. Now, did Jesus wait until they got their lives together to call them and send them into the world? No. And you want to know why? It's because being like Jesus isn't about just achieving a certain level of spirituality. Being like Jesus is a mindset that you have in your life. It's something that's essential to your faith. You want to grow closer to the Lord, then it means to be like Jesus. This is part of your walk, no matter where you find yourself. It truly is. Oftentimes we think that it requires that level. But let me tell you something, that you have to accept that it's a part of who you are. In your weakest moments, when you come to Jesus, that right there, you get to represent Jesus. Right there in humility and honesty, You'll never feel like you'll be good enough to represent Jesus in your life. But you know what? I think it's funny because we're called to be like Christ. So sometimes we go, okay, well, that means I need to be perfect like Jesus was because he was perfect. Mind blown, you know? But the whole reason Jesus came to earth because that was the one thing we couldn't do. Amen? And so that's the one way that we're not like Jesus, And that's how we get to point to Jesus in all the other ways. Because he's the perfect one that can truly forgive us. We can't forgive anyone the way that Jesus can. And save people the way that Jesus can. God loves you all enough to use you. Did you know that? That God loves you guys enough to get you out of your seat, to go into your schools, to go into your families and use you? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been a part of a team or a club where they like, you didn't do anything in it because maybe you weren't good enough. You played a sport. I remember playing basketball when I was in fourth grade. God bless my little Italian heart, but I could not play for the life of me. I couldn't dribble the ball right, so I would always just keep it. So, they were really nice, but they were just like, hey, you know what? We need someone to hold the towel and to sit on the bench. And so I got in there. I think I scored one point all season on a free throw and I was like, who the man? I'm the man. But how many of you have ever just kind of sat on the sidelines for a season at a time and you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't think they even want me to be a part of this team. Or it doesn't really matter, they obviously don't care about me, like enough to say, oh we really want you on the team, because if somebody better comes along, they're going to be like, see you later Jeff. But how many of you have ever played on a team where you were one of the key people on it? How many of you? <laughs> yeah. You should look at my stat sheet right now, you know? How many of you have ever been in that situation where you were actively, daily working towards something and you knew that you were a key component? Not arrogant, don't be arrogant, but you knew that you were a part of a team and you're like, you know what? My effort into this is going to actively affect how the whole team does. Did you know that in the kingdom of God you're not a bench warmer? That you're someone who's an important part of what's going on and that god wants to use you and put you in the game did you know that did you know that the people that surround you and the people that are around you are important things that god is like i'm setting you up i'm putting you in a specific place to be able to work on my behalf and grow in me in fact i would even go as far as to say that when you are like jesus that you begin to see jesus as well i'm going to repeat that one more time when you're like jesus You see jesus around you in hebrews 12 14 What it says is this it says make every effort to live in peace With everyone and to be holy to be holy is to be like jesus in fact god says that when you're holy You're like me, but listen to this without holiness No one will see the lord I think one of the reasons why It's so hard to see jesus in our day and age is because oftentimes, being like Jesus isn't the most important thing. I know that so many times in my own walk, I've looked at a situation, I've looked at a community of people, and I'd be like, God, where are you? And God would just look back and He says, well, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, I'll show you, if you're willing. You get to be like Christ, and I get to work through you first and foremost. You know, I think it's it's interesting because... How many? There was a there was one time, a couple years ago. Um, I was a counselor for a camp, for winter camp. How many of you love winter camp? Yeah, Ooh. But I had a I had a serious wrist injury um, that caused from tennis, and I had a lot of people pray over it. I went and saw doctors and things like that, and nothing happened. And on the last day of camp, the cabin of high school dudes that I was over. They just felt like they were supposed to pray over me. And so they were bold enough to say, hey, Jeff, can we, can we pray over your hand right now? And I was like, sure. they pray over it. And all of a sudden, I felt this extremely warm sensation over my wrist. And all of a sudden, it felt completely fine. I've never once, I had to tape it every time I wanted to play or even do things like move. I've never had to tape it since. It was truly a miracle of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I don't want you to miss about that, because did you know that God wants to work the same miracles through each and every one of you? Now, let me ask you something. What if those dudes wouldn't have had the boldness or the courage or the faith to say, hey, can we pray over you? Because we realize that God wants to work through us. Imagine if they didn't do that and then turn around and go, God, we want to see you work. God, where are you around us? Maybe to see God work amongst you. It requires a step of faith from you first. If you give God that inch, he'll show you an entire mile. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And here's something that I even just want you to, to think about for a minute. I want you, just for one minute, as we respond here together, I want you to do something with me. I want you guys to close your eyes where you're at. We're not, we're not praying yet. I want you guys to focus. Focus. But I want you to put yourself in the shoes of your friends around you. For a moment, I'm going to ask that you close your eyes. And I want you to think about all the people that are around you. Maybe they're people at school. Maybe they're people in your family. But I want you to think about your friends for a minute. And like we said earlier, nine out of ten Americans believe that there's a God of some sort, even though they don't know necessarily who it is. Maybe that friend that you're thinking of or those friends, those people, they have no context for Jesus. They've never heard of Jesus in their life. So how could they understand what God is like? Or maybe they do have some context. Maybe they've heard about it once from a family member, maybe from someone else at school. Maybe they've had a bad experience with someone because they looked at a Christian and said, well, God can't be real if that person's acting that way and that hurt them. You know, oftentimes it's funny, I can remember certain people who said like, oh, I understand Jesus, and they, they learned it through a textbook. Or they learned it from the news. But they didn't learn it from God's word or from his church. And so they think that there's this understanding. Oh, we know what Jesus is like. He's just, he just mad at us. He wants to condemn us. And then I want you to think about for one minute. You walk into their life, and you say, well, well, I'm a Christian, and I want to show you what Jesus is like and by the words that you say, by the patience you show, by the love that you show, the humility that you show, your, your ability to apologize when you're wrong, your ability to love when people are rude to you, all of a sudden those friends go, you know what? I thought I knew what Jesus was like, but since I've met you and since we started hanging out and being friends, I know that God loves me because clearly you love me too. And you're, you're a Christian. What if that's what you were destined for? What if God used you to bring your friends to know Jesus? And what if by your life and testimony, people saw came to believe in God? What if through your own effort, you saw God do a miracle through you? I want you to think about the kids that I told you in my cabin. Imagine someone walking up to them after that miracle and saying, you know, God doesn't exist and God doesn't love you. And they're like, uh... I mean, God just used us to heal someone in his name. Of course he loves us, and of course he knows us. What if that was what was destined for you? And so now we're going to pray together, and I want us to close our eyes and just take a moment before the Lord before we head back into worship. Jesus, we thank you for coming down from heaven on a mission for us to serve us lord thank you for not just abandoning our world but lord laying down your life for it being present in it lord not just dying for it but living for this world and lord in the same way lord we don't want to overlook the world and overlook our purpose to it and our will for it but lord we want to live for it and so this morning lord if we're here And we want to grow close to you, but we've never acknowledged that we want to be like Jesus. And that's the decision we want to make in our heart. Right where you're at, you just say yes to God. Yes, I want to be like Christ. Yes, I want to be his representative. I want to recognize that anointing. I want to recognize that calling and that power on my life. It's on everyone in this room, whether you recognize it or not. It's a matter of acceptance over you that Jesus loves you and Jesus wants to use you in his kingdom. And if that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. Maybe you're here and you didn't know that God loved you so much that he came down from heaven to earth to save you. The word says that we love because he loved us first and that we can't be like Jesus to the world and love the world unless we recognize that love that he's given to us. And if that's you this morning to accept that love, I want to pray with you too. Jesus, we praise you that you're a God that didn't abandon our world. And Lord, thank you for calling us to be a part of it in the same way as you did. Lord, we love you. And it's in your son's name that we pray together. And everyone said, amen. Can you guys stand with me?